With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's going on? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. It's a game day edition as the Pelicans take on the Chicago Bulls tonight inside the Smoothie King Center. Daniel Salerson alongside Caroline Gonzalez as the Pelicans wrap up the two-game homestand and hit the road tomorrow. We'll take on the Knicks on Friday, Celtics Saturday, and wrap up on National Championship Night against the Detroit Pistons. How the heck are you, Caroline? I'm good. It's been a, a good week here. It's kind of weird, um, you know, not to do the cliche weather intro, but I found myself going to my what was going to be my winter closet this morning, but now it's just another closet because we really haven't had to wear winter clothes because it's not cold here. And so, I don't know, I was just thinking about that this morning. So I'm really good, happy that this weather has been fantastic, uh, and just excited to see some ba- Pelicans basketball tonight. I was thinking about that when I was packing for the trip. I had to get ahead of schedule and try to pack and I was like I don't have a lot of sweaters or heavy jackets and it's like well because here you really don't need them and I don't want to buy them because I'm never going to use them here so I'll just be cold for about four or five days it's fine yeah it's fine just suffer (laughs) yeah but the weather here has been beautiful and uh, hopefully the Pelicans can get a win tonight against the Bulls a tough one on Monday night I know everyone wants to talk about the end of the game um, and how it ended and of course the two-minute report came out and said that there was a foul on Brandon Ingram could have gone to the line for two to force overtime but I'm even going to go past that and just talk about how well the Pelicans played or really wasn't a lot of negatives to take away and just they played against a really good jazz team and and took it to the final buzzer. I think it's something that you and I have seen and I remember asking you this question fairly early on in the year. Pelicans the Pelicans have tended to play to the level of their competition and the fact that they were able to do that against a very good jazz team who was on a five game win streak but they did that um, without Drew Holiday and I think that's a big sign because Drew Holiday has been known as a leader of this team he's a big defensive player for the Pelicans so I think that they were able to play to that level without Drew Holiday was great they played great defense they had a great game and I think it just speaks to the overall cohesion of this team lately. I, I I don't have the best analogy right now, but just think about when you first meet a group of people. You don't really get along. You kind of are just like feeling each other out. And I think we've kind of reached that point with this Pelicans team. And I know it's not the, the sexy answer to say it, it took two months, but think about that Christmas break trip. They spent a lot of time together. They did a lot of different things. They gave gifts to each other. They received gifts from each other. So you had a lot of time of bonding. And now you're seeing more cohesiveness. You're seeing more friendliness. You're seeing guys being able to 
figure each other out and guys don't really have that clickiness that girls necessarily have. So it's just guys getting to know each other, playing really well with each other and just having fun. I think that's the biggest thing is, you you, you know, when you went through that lo- losing streak, it was so much of, okay, man, we, we just got to get a win. We just got to get a win. I'm tired of answering these questions about losing. I'm tired of losing. And now they've stacked up some wins. Yeah, there's been some losses sprinkled in there, but you're just having fun and you're going out there. You know what other guys are going to bring to the table and you're just enjoying yourself and going and playing basketball. So I think that's been the biggest difference that I've noticed lately. And it's been, it's been fun to watch. I don't really understand the analogy because I don't have any friends, but <laughs> I'll, I, I think I agree with you there on that statement. Uh, we'll also talk to John Hollinger who covers the NBA um, for the athletic. He's been watching the Pelicans for the last few games or so. Saw him in Los Angeles. He was also here for those back to back before the crit or for the New Year's break, so we'll get his perspective. He also wrote a great article on New Year's Eve about the resurging Pelicans and how the defense has kind of led to the playoff hopes being alive. But you mentioned no Drew Holiday. He'll be out again tonight. Um, but the way Lonzo Ball's been playing in the last four games, um, not to say you, you need Drew Holiday, obviously, but Lonzo's been able to step up and, and pick it up. Even when Drew's been on the floor, I think Lonzo's just played some really good basketball lately. Yeah, and I, it's something that I asked in, uh, to Drew Holiday earlier today in practice, kind of just what is the difference? And you've heard players and you've heard Lonzo talk about it. He's just fully healthy. And, you know, a lot of times you're never really, as an athlete, going to be at 100%. It's very rare that you're going to be at 100%. So when you're on that injured list, it's something that really is bothering you. So you're never really at 100%, but now you're seeing Lonzo as close to a, as as close to 100% as he's been in a while and I think again it just goes into that comfortability of knowing the guys around him having that trust factor knowing that you know everyone's not out to hurt you and I know that's kind of it sounds weird but some guys need that some guys need that hey these are my guys they're not going to do anything to go against me they're not going to talk to the media about me it's just kind of having that comfortability factor and he seems like he is having fun on the court again I, I think you and I can both uh you know test to those few months of practice he kind of just had his hood on going through the motions kind of straight face and if if that's his personality great like he's he's allowed to do whatever he wants but now you're seeing him smile more you're seeing him goof around with Brandon Ingram with other players and even in media availability you know you're seeing him not just have two word responses he's saying you know maybe five six words right. now so he's just he's a little bit more comfortable and I think you're seeing that on the court in his game yeah you're I mean I think that's the confidence as you mentioned and it, when players see the results and realize what they're capable of doing every night sometimes it just takes one game just to see it all click and I think that certainly happened for Lonzo Ball Uh, before we get into John Hollinger I mean this is a kind of a a big chance for the Pelicans to get back on the winning side as far as facing teams under 500 you have tonight against Chicago Bulls who have been playing some good basketball lately and then this road trip I mentioned you have the Knicks on Friday um, a tough back-to-back you face the Celtics and Detroit on Monday Um, but at the same time here when you're scoreboard watching 13 games under 500 it's because you're still in the mix so I feel like this week is, is a pretty important week for the Pelicans well I think that's another reason why the uh the game against um the Jazz the other day was so disappointing right. because you are fighting for a playoff team or a playoff spot especially compared to a Jazz who are playing really well so I think that's another reason why that game was frustrating but going into tonight it kind of speaks to what I said at the beginning of the show is playing to the level of your competition you know this this Bulls team 
at, on any given night can play really, really well, and they are going to put their best effort forward. And just because they don't have a stacked, talented roster doesn't mean they can't play really good basketball. So I think the, this Pelicans team needs to play uh, their level of basketball as opposed to playing to the level of the Bulls basketball and just do what they've been doing, especially against this Jazz team, and step up. You're not going to have Drew Holiday again, so I think they just need to stick to their game plan and, and play really hard basketball and not play to the level of their competition. As promised, joining us now is John Hollinger, senior NBA columnist for The Athletic, also former Memphis Grizzlies vice president of basketball operations. And if you missed it, John wrote a great article about the Pelicans on New Year's Eve about the resurgent defense, Lonzo Ball, and playoff hope still alive. John, first off, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, John. Uh, yes, we saw you here in New Orleans uh, before uh, we hit 2020. Also saw you on the road watching Pelicans and Lakers just the other day. So during your time uh, being able to watch this team, what did you notice? What did you take away from them? Well, I mean, I think the biggest story has to be Lonzo Ball, uh, just because the development he's made with his three-point shot, the confidence that he's shooting it with, is starting to open up other things in his game, too. It's become made him a more viable pick-and-roll weapon, um, and just the the way he is tracking, I think you have to be really encouraged by that if you're a Pelicans fan, because that is implications not just for this year, obviously, but going forward for the next several years where he could potentially be in that backcourt for a long time. Does he look more confident to you? Does that show in these last four games where he's had over 20 points? Does it just seem like he's a more confident person well, right now? Uh, yes, and I think it's I don't think it's like the temporal confidence of like, hey, I just made two shots in a row. It's like the more legitimate confidence of I've put in the work all summer. I've seen the results. I know that I can make these shots. Even if I miss five in a row, I still know that. And I, I think he would lose faith in his shot very quickly uh, in Los Angeles. And you see him now just, just letting it rip. Um, and uh, it's been really fun to see. How much of this was, one, the perception of him in Los Angeles based on number two overall pick? Of course, there was a lot of, I guess, eyeballs on him from the get-go. Um, how much, and he's also only 21, 22 years old. I mean, was it fair how people were judging him so early based on the fact that maybe he wasn't producing a lot in Los Angeles and now has finally kind of find his own here with the Pelicans? Yeah, I mean, he had, you know, he had some injuries there, too. Um, and then last last season, obviously, in L.A., it was just a, a train wreck from the word go. So I think that, you know, that all probably didn't help. But then I think, you know, the other thing, I mean, his shot was a liability. And he's put in the work and, uh, you know, give the Pelican staff, uh, especially uh, uh, Fred Vinson, who's, you know, kind of their shooting guru, uh, a lot of credit for, for the work they've done with him. You can see the ball's in a different spot than it was in L.A., it looks a lot cleaner. Uh, he can get to a step back going to his left, uh, which he had a lot of trouble with in L.A. Um, he still has trouble sh uh, getting the ball in the right spot when he, when he dribbles to his right. I think that's still very uncomfortable for him uh, because he kind of had that form where he pulled the ball all the way to the left side of his body. It's more in the center now, uh, which is an easier uh, place to get to. Uh, but that, that's that last part is still probably a work in progress. But, yeah, I mean, you, I, think, uh, I think he's in a great spot right now. Another guy that's in a great spot right now is Brandon Ingram, who also came over, of course, in that Anthony Davis trade. Um, seems like he's made kind of a – not turned a corner, but I feel like he has kind of made that move here with the Pelicans, averaging almost 25 points per game. What have you seen from him and his difference in his game than what you saw in Los Angeles with the Lakers? 
Oh, he hasn't just turned the turned the corner. I mean, he turned the corner, got on the uh, got on the ramp, he's in the acceleration lane, and down the highway. I mean, he's he's turned into one of the best scorers in the league. Um, he again has made massive strides as a shooter. Um, was always a pretty good mid-range guy, but his three-point threat has become much more consistent. He's gotten a lot better from the free throw line, and I think that's that's opened up lanes for him that weren't there before. You can't just sag off him anymore. Um, really a, a tremendous development um, and fortuitous for him because he's going to be a free agent this summer uh, and is going to get a giant bag if, if he continues this way over the second half of the season. But he's, he's been tremendous, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a go-to scorer for these guys and really helped carry them in the absence of Zion Williamson. John, let's talk about kind of the the Western Conference here and then in the bottom of it, I would say 8 through 14, maybe even 15, but right now we'll stick to 8 through 14 and kind of you wrote it in part of your article as far as the playoff hopes for the Pelicans and it's really hard to talk about that when you're 13 games under 500, but at the same time, uh, why is there hope for the Pelicans here with uh, about 41, 42 games to go? Because basically because everyone else in the West is having a disappointing season yeah. too. I mean, uh, you know, there are these teams that I think thought would be a lot better. Um, you know, certainly you look at Portland, uh, you look at San Antonio, uh, you look even at, uh, you know, Sacramento, I think really thought they'd, they'd make a push that they haven't been able to make. Uh, I think Minnesota maybe thought they'd be a little better than this. So just a lot of teams that have, uh, that have underwhelmed and and as a result that eighth spot is still wide open and the thing the pelicans have in their favor is that if they can stay within a couple games uh, up until about march their last 15 games uh, i believe 14 of them are against teams of losing records and nine of them are at home so they're in position to make a pretty strong closing kick especially if zion williamson is playing by then um but they have they have to keep, you know, keep, keep staying alive here. And uh, they can't fall too much further off the pace. Uh, they're five behind San Antonio in the loss column right now. The Spurs do have um, uh, a more difficult schedule coming up. They've already played 20 home games. So uh, th- they'll come back to the pack a little bit. But, you know, you look at this, this crowd of, of seven teams. New Orleans, I think, is the only one that can make a case of, like, they could have a real smoking hot run at the end. And – uh, because of that, if they stay close, I think you got to like their chances. So it seems like the schedule is in their favor, but out of all those teams, when you add Zion to the fold whenever he comes back, are they the most talented of the seven, or is there still other teams that you know could be the ones that fight for that eight spot? Yeah. Um, of, of those seven, I think, man, you add Zion to the mix, yeah, I think they are. Now, the, the question is, obviously, even when he comes back, how many minutes is he going to be able to play? Right. He's going to be able to play back-to-back, so there are going to be other rest situations. So I think it's it's not quite as plug-and-play as maybe just, okay, he's back, here we go. But uh, definitely that takes their talent level up, up, you know, up a couple notches. Now, we'll see what happens with some of these other teams, too. I mean, I think Phoenix in particular is interesting. They haven't really had their whole lineup yet until very recently with, with the suspension with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, we'll see if they try to make another move at the trade deadline. They're one of the few teams, I think, in this mix who might try to acquire players as opposed to shed them. Uh, so I, th- I think that part gets very interesting. And, uh, you know, there's, there's just a, there's 
you know, there's seven teams here. So there's a lot that can happen. There's a lot of teams the Pelicans have to pass. So that that's a potential issue, but they're for 12 and 25. They're actually in a not bad spot. Are you surprised by that? Just based on the fact that the West at the bottom there from seven to 14 to 15 is is down. You know, a lot of people were talking about how deep the Western Conference was going to be this year. I know yeah. the Golden State Warriors injuries have a lot to do with that as they would probably be in playoff contention right now. But are you surprised with how many teams are clumped together uh, with a with a difficult record right now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's never been like this in the West. The last time a losing record got into the postseason in the West was 1997. And I mean, when when we were with the Grizzlies, I mean, we had a year where we won 50 games and we didn't even clinch our playoff spot until game 81 uh, because because it was so competitive. I think Phoenix missed the playoffs with 48 wins that year. And it's, it's been like that almost every year in the West uh, for the last decade. And this is this is really crazy to see just the bottom fall out like this. Um, and and so many teams that thought they would be, you know, 45 winish type teams just haven't been anywhere close to that level. And really you know, they, they can almost thank each other for even having the records they have because, if, you know, if, if these other teams hadn't struggled along with them, their records would be even worse. Right. Before I let you go here, obviously uh, you've been watching Zion warm up here in the last few games when you have been able to cover the Pelicans, and it's a crazy how much, you know, fans and everyone is waiting for him on his return. When's the last time you, see, you saw so much hype for a guy that, one, hasn't played a basketball game yet besides – preseason in summer league but yet everyone is just ready to see this guy get on the floor in play seems to be an, an unbelievable kind of time right now for not only pelicans fans but you talk about people in the media everyone coming up and saying when zion coming back when zion coming back it just yeah. it seems like a, a, a unreal time right now for everyone just waiting for this one guy to return how crazy has it been yeah i mean the only thing i can compare it to is maybe like when you know post-injury derrick rose when everyone was waiting for him to come back but it was there was different, like it wasn't an excitement of the unknown so much because people had seen him play. Mm-hmm. So this is a very unique situation. I mean, I guess Philly had it a little with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but not to this level uh, of excitement. So it's going to be wild when he finally takes the floor. John, before I let you go, how can uh, folks follow you on Twitter and any uh, deals going on with the athletic ways to subscribe? Because uh, you all do some great work there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, yeah, you can find all my stuff at the athletic and you can subscribe it's very easily. Just, uh, Click on the links on any of the stories I post on my Twitter page, um, which is at John Hollinger, and you can go right there. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate everyone uh, following me and uh, reading my stuff on The Athletic. Absolutely. Again, if you missed his uh, article on the uh, the Pelicans, it's from December 31st. You can go on uh, John's Twitter or go to his NBA page on theathletic.com. John, I really appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you down the line. All right. Thanks for having me. Good stuff there from John Hollinger. Again, make sure you uh, log on to theathletic.com. Also, subscribe if you haven't. Some good stuff there from John. And, of course, Will Guillory, our local writer here that covers the Pelicans. But uh, good stuff there from John Hollinger. We'll have another show for you on Friday as the Pelicans will take on the Knicks from New York City. We'll also have a Pelicans weekly show for you on Thursday, 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. But, of course, tonight, Pelicans and Bulls from the Smoothie King Center, 7 p.m. Central Tip. If you're not going to be able to make it there, you can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans or again listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM and the Pelicans Radio Network. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek and trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites in shady pricing. With SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats. Buy from any device 
and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase in the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Until tonight, from the Smoothie King Center for Caroline Gonzalez, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.